The lesson today comes from John chapter 6, beginning at the 25th verse. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do? What may we see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus then said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. But for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, Give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Here ends the lesson. As we uh, consider this person of interest, Christ our Lord today, uh, we'll begin examining this these words of Jesus from the Gospel of John. I want to begin by telling you this story. It's about a young girl who was in what, uh, when I first heard of this story, would have been called a dime store, but we'd call it a dollar store today, right? And she was there in the store with her mom, and she saw a, a string of pearls. Now, of course... Uh, They weren't real, but she was transfixed by them and wanted to buy them. And her mom encouraged her to save up some of her allowance. And she did just that. And she came back and with her own money, bought this string of pearls. She was in love with them. She brought them and with them, with her everywhere, wore them everywhere. I can't help but think of some items that my own kids uh, did the same thing with, but I won't tell you what so as not to embarrass them today, Uh, except to say this, that uh, kids do this and we do it too, don't we? And she fell in love with this string of pearls. And some time passed, and on one occasion in the evening, as uh, she kept them close to her, even at bedtime, her father came to her and asked her this really difficult question. Uh, She loved her dad, and so she was surprised when he asked her, uh, would you uh, mind giving me your pearls? Uh, She uh, answered in the way that you'd expect, no, right? Uh, But uh, he kept asking. And so as uh, time went on, eventually her trust in her dad uh, was greater than her love for those pearls. And she handed over uh, her beloved pearls to him. 
And then what happened next, she did not expect. As he pulled out from behind him a blue velvet case and opened it up and gave her a set of real pearls of her own. You see, the gift uh, that she didn't know that she was waiting for, that her father had for her, was greater. C.S. Lewis says that it's amazing how we are so too easily pleased by the things of this world rather than the things of God. We discover in John chapter 6 today that God has a greater gift for us. The crowd that had been with Jesus earlier in the chapter when they had had their bellies full of fish and bread now followed them, the disciples and Jesus, across the sea to Capernaum where he was now teaching from there in the synagogue. But when that crowd, which was uh, likely... Uh, even more than 5,000 when you add in women and children could have, as some scholars have estimated, could have filled our isotope stadium twice over. But they got smaller and smaller as this reading goes on. And we'll hear two discourses about Jesus as the bread of life throughout these 60 plus verses in John chapter 6. And so I uh, encourage you to read this full chapter this week. And it went from thousands to just a few to continue willingly hearing Jesus. Giving over our pearls is not so easy for us. But Jesus has something greater for us here. When you examine a person of interest in any circumstance, you review the facts, the who, what, when, and where. And so as Jesus teaches from this town of Capernaum in the synagogue, as we hear in verse 59, uh, it's fair to ask, well, what would he really be doing this? Is this something that actually happened and would happen in history? And we soon discover, as our archaeologists report as we examine it, that this actually event is intrinsic rather than just incidental in Jesus' life. A place like this actually did exist in the first century. It was normal for Jesus to be teaching in a synagogue like this. In fact, archaeologists now tell us that in uh, Israel they've uncovered over now 16 or at least uh, 16 uh, digs or at least one with a sign in Jerusalem where they think uh, hints at uh, being a synagogue there. Uncovering these places of worship, these places that were built and designed, and here's a picture of the very synagogue that we're speaking of in Capernaum, uh, whose ruins still uh, exist today. And they're uh, designed for listening and debating and discussing. Those same scholars and archaeologists describe this as something normative that happens in a synagogue. It was designed to do. 
And so Jesus is doing what we would expect him to do. And so as we answer the who, we discover it's Jesus and those who had been following him. But also, like it was custom for the day, uh, the social elite or even some of those who would not be considered elite, all were welcome to come to this discussion and debate. So it would not be... Uh, unusual for there to be uh, questions like we hear there are in this discourse in fact these two discourses throughout this chapter and it would not be unusual for there to be uh, even as we hear in this text murmuring or grumbling interestingly enough as uh, Jesus points out in this Word that just as God brought manna to God's people in the Exodus, that promise now is finally, as we'll hear later in the chapter, being fulfilled. But they didn't see it. By the fact that they asked for a sign, they didn't understand that they had just received one with full bellies, with fish and bread. They didn't understand as they grumbled. And that word for grumble or murmuring there in English is the same word in Greek as it's translated uh, in the Greek uh, Septuagint of the Old Testament for the same words that God's people uh, grumbled and murmured uh, as in the desert with God. So they mumbled and grumbled in Exodus And now with the new exodus coming and being fulfilled in Christ, uh, there was mumbling and grumbling. And I suspect uh, we still mumble and grumble and murmur today, right? And so the common and elite gather there in the synagogue, in this venue. And unfortunately, we hear what we might expect to hear that it's hard to give up our pearls. It's hard to uh, receive this teaching that Jesus is telling us that he is the new manna. He is the bread of life. We have trouble with it too. When we consider what we're consuming or rather maybe what we're being, you and I, consumed by. In my life, I'm often consumed with care, but I'm comforted by the fact that our Heavenly Father cares about the things of this world, but even more so when I'm reminded that He has something greater. Certainly, we know He cares uh, for our needs. He had just filled the bellies of thousands. He cares for our finances, but we remember Every good gift comes from God. He cares for our health. But we learn here in this text that there's a greater gift, eternal life. He even cares uh, for good government. But we remember that the Bible tells us that one day, every knee shall bow at the foot of Jesus. We care and he cares about our next generation But we find out here in John chapter 6 that we have a good, good father who loves our children even more than we do. 
We care about truth and Jesus is the truth. And look how Jesus holds and reveals that truth to us. Yes, it's true. Our hearts are crowded, crowded by worrying about our careers, about our kids, about our health, about inflation, about the next election, about the state of the world. And God cares about those things too. But what if our hearts remembered the truth that's being revealed to us here, that we can lay it over to him, and he has something greater. He is the bread of life. And as the disciples discovered then, we can discover now that he is inviting us to consume his word and come from unbelief to belief that leads to eternal life. The people then in verse 31 were in effect saying, prove yourself, give us a sign. And Jesus says, as we hear at the end of this discourse in the beginning of next in verses 48 and following, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes from heaven so that one may eat it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. He gives himself. He gives the greater gift. When cold case detective Jay Warner Wallace, who I introduced you to a couple of weeks ago, went to church for one of the first times, the pastor there at the church called Jesus one of the smartest man who ever lived. And at the time, Wallace was an atheist, and he knew that Jesus claimed to be God. And so he wasn't quite so sure that he believed what the pastor said, that he was the smartest man, because he knew how can a smart man call himself God, that guy must be crazy. And so when he began to examine the claims of God by investigating Jesus and the evidence that he began to discover softened his skepticism. He began to investigate the words of Jesus with both biblical and outside biblical evidence like we have done today with the synagogue. And eventually... He discovered that these words of Jesus were trustworthy. But it wasn't just the evidence, or as scholar Boltman will call the I am statements of Jesus as, in some ways, pieces of evidence, as he calls them, recognition formulas, recognition of who Jesus is. Jesus is who he says he is. No, this Atheists turned from unbelief to belief. J. Warner Wallace, it wasn't just the case that helped him overcome unbelief. As we read in verses 37 and 39 and later 65, it's God drawing us. God intervening is what gives us faith ultimately. The evidence pointed to it, but it was God's Spirit drawing us near. That word draw in this text in Greek is implied almost like a magnet. 
that God is drawing himself, drawing us to himself. He drew his people to himself in the desert. And now he completes that promise with the even greater manna, the bread of life. And he invites us now to believe. Martin Luther will call these words uh, that they should be uh, inscribed in every heart with golden letters, rather no living letters, that these are words of life. We are often so consumed by the equation of this life. We're consumed by the worries of the day. We're consumed by our own amusement. We're consumed uh, by our own pride that says we know better. Our hearts are crowded indeed. But as one scholar put it, the restless soul is at rest and the hungry heart is satisfied by Jesus who says, I am the bread of life. And so we encounter today Jesus in his own words, telling us that he is the source of life. And Jesus' testimony is backed up by the evidence pointing to him. And Jesus invites us now to lay down the pearls that we have worked so hard for and receive the greater gift that doesn't come from our achievement, but comes from him and his work. As he draws us near, our heavenly father, like a magnet through his word, through his promise, draws us near. As Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give for the life of the world is my flesh. And so friends, today, invite us to come believing this table of grace for the greater gift. To come believing from unbelief to belief and receiving what Jesus has for us. To come Taste and see that the Lord is good and believe. Amen.